This is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Hello and welcome to Listen Closely podcast. We are your hosts, Maftuna and Dylan. In our first episode, we had a lot of discussions about K-pop music. If you haven't listened already, I would advise you to go and listen right now. And in today's episode, we actually will be discussing Ariana Grande's new album, Positions. Yeah, the this album by Ariana Grande, um, it released actually very recently, um, on October 30th. Um, so guessing by the time that this episode comes out on SFC Radio, um, I think it would still be relatively near that time. Um, so this is a fresh album, so we're very excited to get into that. Um, and also, with that said, um, with October coming to an end, and now we're in November, slowly getting into December, uh, we wanted to have a segment um, with some spooky music, you know, uh, some spooky um not spooky but some artists that have those very emo sort of scary vibes to them uh we we have a couple artists to talk about with that and as well as some albums of theirs to talk about and what kind of what albums represent those sort of uh vibes as well so we're very excited to get into that um but with that said uh i would like to I guess introduce us into Ariana Grande for some of you who may not know her, which I doubt that anyone doesn't know her. But just to give some background, uh, Ariana Grande, she's an actress, she's a pop vocalist, she's a producer, songwriter uh, from Boca Raton, Florida, uh, which is actually not too far from me in South Florida, or I'm from originally Hollywood, Florida, so she's kind of... She's about an hour away, but she's still in that, like, the South Florida area. Um, and sh- from there, she's performed in many plays as a child, um, with always having a dream to be an R&B artist, um, which she would eventually get to um, around 2013 with her first album, Yours Truly. Um, and I think what was interesting about this album was that it came together kind of um, coincidentally because I remember reading, uh, doing some of the research for this podcast that during that time in 2013, Victorious, the uh, the show on Nickelodeon that she was an actress on, uh, they canceled the show or they uh, canceled one of the seasons. And I think this opened up time for Ariana Grande to produce this album, um, Mm-hmm. do all the writing um and things like that and that was kind of a good coincidence in that sense because it jump-started her career as a vocalist which of course she's always had that skill as you know again talking about when she was performing in different plays and musical uh, musicals as a child um but that was the beginning of ariana grande in 2013 um but with that said we're now in 2020 we have a latest album out from her, so it's we're it's going to be interesting to talk about her different eras and where this new album positions uh, stands with that. Um, 
and maybe just a refresher so positions is her album that came out this year in 2020 um last year she had thank you next in 2019 um with again the main single the main single from that song thank you next becoming probably one of the most popular songs in 2019 um yeah, it was the song of the two yeah, uh, it was it was a it, again it's a one in one in a decade kind of like hit songs that definitely is up there with one of the more popular songs of like the two thousand tens, um, and then before that we had Sweetener, which is an album that's actually one of my favorites of hers, um, which is it's a super raw album. Um, and we'll probably mention it at some point again uh, in the podcast, but this was an album following the tragic Manchester bombings, uh, which Ariana Grande actually had to take some time off to recover uh, just mentally from that uh, from that instance. And so Sweetener is she's come in, in other words, she's coming off of very two heavy years of just. I mean, everything going on, again, with recovering from the events at Manchester, in Manchester, uh, England, um, her different partners she's had um, uh, with the, with, uh, you know, the departure of her and Pete Davidson and also um, the unfortunate uh, passing of Mac Miller, who was her former partner. Um, all these things, I feel like, um, definitely impacted her and her music in some way. And so, again, it's interesting to see what kind of music she creates and where's this, where does this album stand in her whole discography of different eras and different uh, types of sounds. Um, and that's, I think that's what we're going to be looking at today with Positions. Um, and I know that Mia has so much, um, so much to say about that. And because we both listened to the album recently, like literally when it came out. So, I mean, what do you, like, what do you think after listening to this album, maybe even just like after listening to like the first track, um, Shut Up, which is one of the 14 tracks on the (laughs) album. Um, so I mean, what, what was, what was that for you? Um, it's a really interesting question you ask me right now. I actually, when I was listening to the whole album, I was trying to, um, you know, like listen to every lyric, every word she's trying to say and get some kind of a meaning. And from the first track, Shut Up, it just starts with uh, her saying that people love talking about each other, right? People really quick to judge. And it's really easy when you are not in the same position as a person who is being judged. And she is a A-list celebrity, right? And there have been a lot of like discussions about her relationships with different people, like a lot of judgment. And I love how she just... Uh, said that she wished people would just stop talking and especially thank you next album it was like authentic ariana grande i believe you compare to her first album and to thank you next it was a huge step for her as an artist and 
I feel like position is a new era as well because thank you next it was actually kind of concluding successful relationships kind of made her peace with it and in new album position she came yeah. with a whole total new energy new vibe and i love it in this album we can actually feel how ariana grande is saying that she's in certain uh period of her life where she actually doesn't care about anything but her own uh, music her sanity and her relationship with her boyfriend and while listening the whole album it has same vibe the way how it was mixed the way how it was mastered the, all right, the strings right. and the whole album feels like an one organism you know none of the songs are like sticking out like it's all works together and it's easy to listen and you can literally follow where she's going with that um i would say that for example the first track shut up she's like shutting everything and she's letting know that she actually happy with her life and she doesn't cares about what is being said or discussed about mm -hmm. her but going you know to the end of the album she's expressing how happy she is in her current relationship and how it feels to be loved in a new total mm -hmm. way some of the lyrics just literally says how she you know made her peace with the past and she is finally loved uh -huh. and she has these feelings that she never had before and which she can't actually ignore and favorite song from this album it was probably safety net um it's one of the songs like i could really relate myself and i really love the harmonies and strings and effects from yeah. west side yeah, and how about you? Like, which songs you love the most, Dylan? Yeah, going into this album, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, again, I I really like loved the whole era of like Sweetener, and uh, I mean, kind of like Thank You Next in in different ways. Um, but you can definitely tell that those two albums were just. I guess just periods of time within Ariana Grande's career where she was going again, like we were talking about the different things that was going on in her life. It, it almost literally translated into the music because she took a different approach depending on how she was feeling in that way. Like Sweetener, I think Sweetener was an album that she definitely took her time with because of how much healing she was, probably trying to get from the whole her whole like creative process because i know i think i think um i remember reading something too how ariana grande uses um these periods of time not only to create the album but allow herself to um allow herself to transcend into a different era again like what we're talking about um i think again like before sweetener was dangerous uh, dangerous woman and i think dangerous woman was also another empowering very uh vocal album that uh again it was it was an era where she was probably at the peak of her career um following her i guess like uh swift success from 2013 and then again we had the events in manchester and so that took a long time, not only just for that moment to 
transcend from. But I think with the album Sweetener coming after that, and then Thank You Next, which came like almost like half a year after Sweetener, um, I think when I look at positions and try to put it in that way, it's it's not the same. It's not the same where I think she had like a moment and like she's she's kind of um evolving into this new um era or this new person. I think this is more so her just like exploring herself and her again she has a new partner and like she has all these different um new feelings about this person and new, new beginnings. beginnings exactly like yeah I think this album rather than it being like a brand new her it's more again it's more like a new beginning of who she is um deep down in herself um and i think that's that's what i hear and again like like you said in tracks like shut up where we hear the same ariana grande the one that we all love but these different these different tracks kind of mesh together like you said in a way not only instrumentally but almost in the way where she's delicate with the way that she performs um like mm-hmm. sweetener and thank you next and i mean even dangerous woman those those songs were all super loud super vocal super confident but i think ariana grande is the most delicate on this album um mm-hmm. she's she's very comfortable with like the way that the tracks flow from song to song um and even she gets like a little bit she has like some more fun with it like the my favorite song i think from the album is, is mm-hmm. motive more, the one with Do- yeah, doja I lo- cat yeah i love that one yeah cuz like mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of the song that she did with calvin harris i don't know if you remember yeah, this yeah, yeah, but yeah. um heatstroke yeah, yeah, yeah. mhm um that 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 song i mean that calvin harris like had that really cool album um with not only ariana grande but so many other artists where he um he made like a bunch of dance dance songs and i think it was like a super cool project um but that song that ariana grande was on i thought it was like a super cool collaboration she did because it was like a dance song i mean ariana grande's made like pop hits before and i guess you can kind of say those are some dance like songs but mm-hmm. motive kind of reminded me again of like that super chill like down tempo uh almost like a house like dance track mm-hmm. um and it was like super like cool it was super swaggy it had like that r&b flair to it too and i think doja cat actually was like a nice addition to that song um yeah I know like a I I'm I know a lot of people have like different negative feelings towards uh towards Doja Cat. Yeah, uh, she has per- like she's really like how to say controversy going on all the time around yes. Doja Cat. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean me personally, um I take all that with a grain of salt cuz I mean again, I mean it's mm-hmm. worth it's worth noting the controversy surrounding her. Um, but I mean, me personally, I'm not the huge, I'm not the biggest Doja Cat fan. Um, Mm -hmm. I've heard some of her songs, um, but again, like I, 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 I didn't know what to expect with Doja Cat being only, um, only one of the two features on the album, actually with Ty Dolla Sign being the other feature. So I didn't, Mm -hmm. again, I didn't know what to expect with Doja Cat being on the album. Um, but again, I thought it was a nice touch. And so I think that's what I'm kind of getting at where 
Ariana Grande is like having fun with this album. It's, it's, it's not, it's not like a statement. It's more so like, this is her like having fun making music again. I think that's like the best way to put it. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. And also I wanted to mention this song, just like magic. Um, I really love this song as well in terms of um, when you like listen to this song, she she references a lot of um, doing, how to say, uh, meditation, how she's doing a lot of healing, how she's trying to keep her karma clean, you know, and good, how it's her the most top priority at the moment. And she actually says a lot of about having clear conscious and manifesting good things into her life which i found it to be really amazing because when you like watch interviews with the most successful and richest people they talk they all talk about one thing which is uh, manifestation and how you have to change your mindset in order to good things to start happening to you and she she says a lot about how she's also like you know manifesting good things into her life with her own power of mind and i i found it to be really interesting um i think i guess like it's one of the key things in order to be successful is just uh be open-minded and have clear mind uh to you know attract right people right energy and right moments and I, I found it to be really interesting and it's also like says a lot about her how to say her personality and I don't know if you like into astrology or like mm-hmm. um, she is cancer I know okay. like she is cancer and I am cancer oh. myself and we actually our birthdays with Ariana Grande is like two oh, wow. days apart like I think she is and when she starts talking about meditation you know like manifesting things i i was like okay girl i can't relate i'm cancer too (laughs) it's like we are the same Uh, i think it was also funny how um on the song i'm pretty sure i hope i don't get it wrong but i'm pretty sure it's 34 uh plus 35 like she says like how she's like i be drinking coffee i mean it's like super like i guess like in the same way that you relate I guess, like, I related to that in, like, maybe, like, a funny way. I mean, like, I've been drinking coffee, too. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, she has, like, these super, like, quirky, funny uh, lyrics, uh, like, sprinkled into the album. And you can, again, you can tell that I think this is, this is, like, not some drastic uh, personality change. Like, like, honestly, when... um after my everything like when she had dangerous woman come out um which and those albums were only two years apart she had like this huge um i would i would honestly describe it as like an actual character change um i think like everyone kind of has those changes um in their personality as they grow older i mean again and obviously ariana grande has been growing while she is uh also growing in her success as a pop vocalist um and all of the above um but there was a definite character change with that and so i think for positions it's hard to it's hard to really say that this is a character change for her because 
if anything, so much of what she's good at and so much what she loves about music um, and her style, they're, they're coming to light on this album. There's nothing super drastic changing about her style and her lyrics. Although, again, I think she's trying to challenge herself and get more creative. Um, again, like the song, like Motive, um, which is a, a different style of music. Um, and West Side 2 being like very like emo and like kind of experimental and almost having like a like it kind of sounds like an old like 90s like R&B song too. Um, and so I think she's just pulling things um, from what she really loves and allowing them to influence her music in this era. And again, let's think about it too. Like we're in a pandemic and even though Ariana Grande, this like A-list celebrity, super like amazing pop star. I mean, like I'm sure she's had to like quarantine herself too, like despite like having to make all this music, um, which also like, I think it's a good segue too to talk about, um, this interview that she had with, uh, Zach Sang. Uh, I don't really know too much about him, but this is an interview that I watched, uh, bits and pieces of, um, and it actually came out after, uh, the album released. And it actually literally talks about how, uh, this whole pandemic has been a challenge for her. And it's been, she actually admits how it's been like hard to um it's been hard to kind of release music and make music during this whole time and how at this point in her career this is like her job uh you know i guess like when she was an actor with um victorious and nickelodeon i'm sure like making her first album yours truly was like so much fun to her like this was like her passion of singing and, like, it was her dream come true to, like, release this one album. And, I mean, like, we're in 2020 now, and I'm sure she's feeling that fatigue of being, like, an artist and releasing music semi-regularly. Um, and so I think that's very telling of this album where even though it's been a challenge for her, she's still able to draw from those things that she's super comfortable about and super passionate about. Um and really like go back a little bit to her roots and i mean just saying that like i think there's some songs that are kind of reminiscent of like her older music just like the style of singing um and so i think that all those things all those things kind of come together to say like this is just her making music again again like i've been saying it so much but i think that's that's <laughs> what i just come to like this is her just having fun i agree yeah, I feel like also it's really interesting thing you said right now. I actually didn't realize that until now that if you like listen to every and one every song in on her album, she brought some little elements from the previous albums. I'm not talking about previous two, but all of her albums. It as if like she's referencing to all her you know, past albums and songs she ever made. Like like, do you agree with me? Like, if you listen, she has this elements probably from each album on every song. Like, little strings, the way how she used vocals, or how it was mixed, or, like, the general vibe. Yeah, I think, um, 
I have it written down here too, like when I was just listening to the music, making notes. The strings mm-hmm. on this album are like super, like super. It's like almost like a throwback from her, like, like, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. um, like thinking back to different albums, like, um, yours truly. I haven't listened to in such a long time, honestly. Um, but my everything, I remember my everything having so many beautiful moments of like these super um, grand uh, orchestras, like being introduced into different songs on her album, and mm-hmm. even Sweetener had some of that. And I think it's been a recurring thing for her to add those like small touches of violin and i mean that's Mm -hmm. i guess it makes sense almost because she she was a part of different musicals and she's uh performed and plays and i again Mm -hmm. i think it also goes to show like she she's going back to her roots in that sense with including strings in almost any way she can but it all kind of comes together and makes the album sound whole and it mm-hmm. again it makes it makes the music sound that much more like about her like when you hear those strings it's you you associate that sound with Ariana Grande in a sense um mm-hmm. and i think i think that's just such a cool way of like adding that into it um like adding that style into her music now because again we're in 2020 and music has changed in general. Like, like Ariana Grande has become more of like an R&B artist. Um, and it kind of shows in her instrumentals as well. With like also like different hip-hop influences. Um, different trap influences as well. Especially Thank You Next had like a lot of uh, trap elements. Like so much of that. Um, and I think even Sweetener kind of... Be- I think Sweetener was sort of the um the turning point for her in that sense because with pharrell williams um who is a very legendary like i mean even one of my favorite producers of all time um producing basically the majority of her album and again like those things are present in her music today in 2020 the hip-hop sound the kind of the trap sound um, but she's still able to add her touch and her style to her music today. And I think that's what makes positions um, that much more special. Yeah. And I sense. feel like the whole album has this um, overall happy feeling, really kind of giving you hope for better. It's just so beautiful. And, you know, like, I think the most successful albums are mostly influenced by love. Let's say like um, artists who have been through really hard breakups, they write an album and it becomes really successful. Like singers like Adele, right? Her last album, 25, was influenced by her previous relationships, how it ended really bad, right? And, And you could literally relate to every song on that album. And here with Ariana Grande, where she is in the beginning of this beautiful relationship, you can you can understand that she kind of like devoted all her like thoughts and feelings about her current partner into this album. And 
I feel like it's it's really beautiful uh, when people write what they really mean instead of what they are being told. Like I remember you mentioned that from her one of her interviews that she has more control over her music at the moment. Uh, amazing things happen whenever we are sincere and true to ourselves. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, that interview with Zach Sang um, was like she got very uh, not not like too personal, but it gave it gave us like a little bit of insight to like where she is now today. Because um, again, uh, something that I uh, noted from that interview is that she she says that she's more um, in control of her music from beginning to end now, um, and. Uh, like me like me and uh I were kind of talking about this before we started recording how um even though there's some artists that we want to think that it's like just them making all this music and and like being that very independent artist I mean at the end of the day there's always going to be some sort of team behind um behind the music and I think Ariana Grande, she she's a good example of that because, of course, I mean we want we want to think like that Ariana Grande is like, you know, at home like in her home studio like creating all these amazing songs and albums. But I think she is vocal about how in the again on the uh, interview as well she says how she was very. She didn't know how to feel about so many people like having that contribution to her al- album, like regardless if it was like inevitable or not. Uh, but she says again, like how she want she's more control of her music, and she she actually names the album positions because she she's taken on so many different positions on this album and her music in general. Um, from everything from the the uh the instrument arrangement to the writing uh to the performance obviously and then the editing and the producing uh which i find is very it's very interesting to see that in her because she's just this this huge artist but and like she's in the mainstream and very a very predominant figure in pop music um, and all those things, but she still is very concerned about how she makes music and still treats it as her passion, regardless if she has this huge uh, contract deal with uh, Universal or um, just huge groups of people like working on her album together. I think it's it's very special that she treats music in that way, despite the state of like the music industry. Yeah, I agree with you because, um, you know, being with being said that like many genius people in the music industry were collaborating with her. Like, I don't think that anything great was done by single person. When so many talented people are collaborate, a beautiful outcomes come out of those collaborations all the time. And I feel like she is very great singer 
uh, oh my god, I love her voice, and she is really talented songwriter, but I don't think that she could be able to execute this album all alone right. by herself. And I feel like she had this general idea about how this album will look like, and she probably, you know, like wrote uh, drafts for many songs, but mm -hmm. uh, the input that all of those people made for this album, it just created such a beautiful album, which probably we will be talking for years after yeah. it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think this album will definitely... It will be, it will be one of those albums that, it will, it will age in a different way. I think only because there's nothing, there's nothing super um, predominant about this album that will make it stand out. Like Dangerous Woman's will, Dangerous Woman is an album that again, it will, it will stand out very, very strongly for many years because of just how many hits are on that album and not even to mention the hits but just like the whole entire the whole entire arc that ariana grande takes on of this very um fierce a woman in like the music industry or just in general in the world that uh that album will take on that sort of um that sort of aura around it like albums like dangerous woman or sweetener or thank you next uh but i think positions will positions will age slowly i think um it's an album that people will listen to and listen to again and again um and probably find different things about it that they didn't hear in the first listen um because just just the way that it's a delicate album it's very it's very calm it's very relaxing almost in a way but it's very meticulous as well it, like as you said mia how like almost like every song is like matched together and it's a uniform project but again i don't i don't think it's one of ariana grande's most I don't know how to explain, but it's it's not like the other albums. It's not like any of her other projects. This one will stand out on its own, and I think I think maybe even I will go back and listen to it again once or twice, and maybe it'll grow on me more than it did on like the first listen. Even though I I really thought highly of it on the first listen, um, which uh, again. Um, I would also listen. I would also recommend that anyone listening go listen to Positions. Um, it's on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, uh, YouTube Music, um, and so I think on my first listen, I thought it was very good, but maybe it'll change over time. Um, yeah, you never know. Yeah, as with being said that this album is really different from her previous albums, I feel like we need more time to kind of like digest and truly understand what else is being said with these songs. And yeah, I agree with you that we probably, I will also go and listen to this album one more time um, because always like, you know, you have first impression about something and there is also always more and with that being said, um, 
let's go to our segment with spooky good and spooky bad artists and i actually want to start the conversation with Billie eilish and her last album when we all fall asleep where do we go um this album i feel like besides having this emo dark feeling i feel like this album was something really different from all of the mainstream um albums that ever been released and really put Billie eilish in a whole new category where um everyone is kind of like trying to simulate her music and similar simulate her success um and when i first listened to this album i was kind of okay this is some something that i would not like personally choose uh-huh. out of bunch yeah. but but then the more i started like listening it was actually good because as we said before it was something new and i actually needed a little bit more time to you know like finalize what i really feel about what i'm li- what i'm hearing you know uh so what do you think dylan like have you listened to this album yeah like this this album um i've listened to a couple times and i when i mean couple i mean like literally just two times um one being like the other day oh, really? yeah one being the other day like literally researching for the podcast you know just getting a refresher um but billy eilish i mean i i'll be i'll be fully honest and i will say that i at first i wasn't the hugest fan of billy eilish i mean and with no particular reason uh to not like be a a huge fan of her or i didn't like her there was nothing that drew me to so to say um and i don't think that's a bad thing i just think uh maybe whatever i was listening to at the t- her whole wave at the time when she was i mean leading up to um when we fall when we all fall asleep where do we go uh i know leading up to that she had a lot of different singles out um that were kind of around during that time uh, i definitely caught i caught some of those uh waves as they were going by like some of those like i caught i caught onto the hype a little bit with those tracks um but again nothing really stood out to me to you know lead me to looking into her music um any more than just hearing it whenever i heard it um but i want to i want to kind of detail like my first listening experience when i listened to uh when we all fall asleep where do we go i was actually it was a it was at night and i was actually at the gym and when i'm at the gym like sometimes i'll put on like a podcast like something like dissect podcast or like i'll put on um mm-hmm. maybe one of npr's uh, music podcasts but i think um something that i probably do more often is put on an album and listen to it all the way mm-hmm. and i think that's that's what i did for like a lot of, like thank you next i remember doing that a couple times like sweetener that was mm-hmm. again another thing where i'd go to the gym i'd put on sweetener and by the time i finished working out the album was like basically done and i've listened to like a whole project during that time and so something came over me where it's like you know what billy so many people are talking about it let me listen to it um and when i listened to it i was kind of shocked actually 
Um, it was super weird because mm-hmm. I wasn't completely listening mm-hmm. to the music at the time. Like, cause again, I was at the gym, I was doing different things, but like when I heard bad guy for the first time, like, and mm-hmm. I th- I'm pretty sure like bad guy was one of the singles that were kind of out before the album. Um, and so when I heard that for the first time mm-hmm. listening to the album, I actually had to like stop like whatever I was doing and like listen to the music for a second because it was like it caught it caught my attention just like her very like um I don't even know how to explain it like aggressive um mm-hmm. like almost like grungy attitude that she incorporated into her music and like even bad guy it has like a beat switch at the end like that one part I'm I'm sure like anyone that's like a huge fan of Billie Eilish like knows which part I'm talking about in Bad Guy, where like the instrumentals just, like flips and it's like it's almost like a trap beat and like the tempo slows down and like I mm-hmm. like there's moments like that where I had to like stop what I was doing and like turn off the volume like a little bit more you know, um, and so mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was c- sort of the main reaction I got from the album. Um, along with like mm-hmm. their super pretty mm-hmm. songs too, like eight, the song eight on that album, it's a super nice song. Um, it's almost like it reminds me of like a country song, like almost like Casey uh, Musgraves. Like Mia, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've like listened to her too uh, so much, but she actually won album of the year. Um, I think a couple years ago. Um, like she's country artist that's mm-hmm. really she has a different style to her um which is why i'm drawing like parallels to her oh, really in billy eilish's music because it's just like a different sound but coupled with you know that that weeping guitar sound and just very slow mm-hmm. down tempo like folk inspired um not really r&b but you know that's what i'm like that's what i'm getting at that alternative kind of sound that indie indie sound coupled with different elements mm-hmm. of um and so yeah billy eilish i think it was it was a good choice for uh for us definitely when thinking about like what albums uh can we recommend for like zen like you know the season of you know fall autumn uh and obviously with halloween passing um but i think at the end of the day though like this album it i it's not my it's i can't say it's like my favorite album i can't say that like Mm -hmm. i'm like this newly like reborn like billy eilish fan like oh my gosh but i just think this album really uh impressed me um not to say anything about billy eilish how like i wasn't like I definitely understood that she was one of those artists that comes around one every once in a while, not all the time, and has that unique style to it. Yeah, it, and that's something that I definitely appreciate with this album. Yes, I I agree with you. Um, sometimes, like I really like catch myself thinking about is she like I feel like she is um, kind of like overrated in terms of if we speak about her vocal technique like she has definitely this beautiful um voice yes absolutely. sometimes i feel like uh she's a little bit overrated but at the same time we need to kind of like appreciate as you said that she's one of those artists that came in a while like you know sometimes uh-huh. and like 
does totally different style, totally like invents new genre. Because like if you listen to her songs, you know that she has this emo like dark like you know like sad feeling but at the same time you cannot kind of like put her Mm -hmm. whole music genre in one shelf you know because she has like she has i I, I honestly like i am trying to wrap my mind around this but i kind of cannot identify her genre and like it's amazing i had this conversation with my friend and we were discussing about her music genre and people are not like like you know when you ask people like what genre you listen they just tell you i listen to billy eilish because (laughs) billy eilish is a new genre and actually um knowing that her brother phineas o'connor actually writes pretty much all of her songs he produces them right and this is really like cute thing that this whole music is collaboration of a older brother and a sister like it's like family produced it it is amazing thing and when i watched an interview with phineas about uh, where he was talking about how those ideas came to this song how they were like you know uh, they knew that they need to write an album, but they were kind of under the pressure. And um, they they also, both of them, they didn't believe that they would be able to finish this album ever. Because they had this, you know, like a uh, list of songs that they are planning to write. And there was one thing that struck me the most is that like when they were writing this album... Um, Phineas told that, oh, look, Billy, like, we can, we can literally do anything we want with the music because, like, whatever we're doing is just turning out good. So we don't have to, like, you know, right. follow any rules. We just can have fun with it. And knowing also, like, where this album was recorded, it was recorded in a tiny bedroom, like, with using, like, you know, simple software and the simplest of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, mics and stuff. And I feel like it's, that is the most crazy part for me because she actually proved that you can be you can make any music from the comfort of your own bedroom you don't have to necessarily have like you know mm-hmm. uh thousands of dollars in your bank or like any investments in order to make a music which i think is really important to you know like note yeah like i I definitely have to give credit to her brother because, um, I mean, even myself as dabbles in music I'm interested in, the instrumentals themselves are, it had, it's kind of mirroring Billie Eilish's own personality and her own style of singing, right? Um, I remember all my, oh, my, one of my friends who she's also a singer and she says how, Billie Eilish is kind of interesting because she's not sing she's not like singers like Ariana Grande. She's not like singers um like your to your traditional pop artist cuz she's there's a technique that I think if I'm saying this right from what I remember from this discussion with uh, with my friend um mm-hmm. she uses mainly yeah. only her yeah, head yeah, voice. Yeah. Um like I'm not a singer, so I don't really understand yeah. those sort of concepts. I I know that you understand some of those uh, concepts, Mia. Um, 
but like i think i can kind of hear it in a way where it's it's a it's a style of singing that's almost like like your car it it does she's like trying to sing in a way and i think that's something Mm -hmm. that i understood um from that like piece of information that i got yeah but also like you know like uh she as a vocalist she probably has a higher higher voice type it's probably she probably somewhere in between having mezzo soprano or soprano right and i might i would say that she is quite comfortable singing only using her head voice because um in her latest songs i kind of like found that she was using like chest voice right or mixed voice but i never heard her belting or anything she mainly uses um head voice and like i kind of like we were trying to like you know like uh when i was Mm -hmm. actually doing covers of one of her songs when we were like learning and breaking down the styles she used to sing we kind of found a lot of similarities to um, Marilyn Monroe. Like, if you heard her song, she's like, hey, like, whisper, and it's really thin voice somewhere about your head. And she's kind of yeah. like that. But also, like, I would say that um, it is kind of, like, hard to sing using only your head voice pretty much the entire song, you know? It's, it's, it's a little bit challenging, but I guess that's uh what works for her as an uh as a singer and it's it's very unique i might say yeah and i think um kind of using that as a segue to our next spooky scary artist um travis scott um Mm. and this is an artist that's kind of like Billie eilish in a sense in a sense um just because of the the magnitude of the success they've gotten in the past couple of years, um, mm-hmm. so with with introducing Travis Scott, an album sort of like when we, uh, I wanted to highlight Travis Scott's first album that he released. Um, he's had different mixtapes that came out before this album, but this is the album that kind of had a formal release, and it's Rodeo. This album, I think, of just mm. doing like whatever you want as an artist, um, and just being comfortable and like confident in that, uh, because Travis Scott, he's an artist from Houston, Houston, Texas, and something a theme that shows up in a lot of his music and a lot of his different albums and even honestly to his his personality and the way he like kind of presents himself um whether that's like in concerts or just like different pictures of him or even like his social media is this like w- like this wild way style which again like when you when we talk about how Billie Eilish has created like a new genre i feel like uh, personally, my created a new genre within hip hop of this very like space, space and spacey like sci-fi themed Western cowboy hip hop artist. Like I can't really explain the sort of music that Travis Scott has kind of created over the years, but he likes to mm-hmm. include those 
different mode to his personality, and I find that very evident in Rodeo, and even in the style of his own his own uh, rapping oh, and yeah. also singing, because he does do some singing on Rodeo, and what's very unique, just like Billie Eilish, is that Travis Scott like always uses autotune. And, like, when I mean always uses autotune, it's, like, autotune, but then, like, crank it up, like, to 100%. And I think this album, it did that in a way where it it really stood out in such a predominant way that I think Rodeo, like, kind of like what we talked about with Ariana Grande's albums and, like, Dangerous mm-hmm. Woman or, like, Thank You Next. Yeah. It's an album that will stand out because it has this very predominant style that's so unique to himself as an artist and again kind of like Billie Eilish albums this album sound to it almost like a, a, it's very rock inspired actually because Travis Scott talks about um mm-hmm. talk, not not talks about but he introduces different elements of like rock um, and like having guitars on his out al- on his some of his songs, um, in a way that's very like, it's one of the main instruments. It's not just like a, a supporting instrument. It's it's a part of his style of music, um, along with also like a lot of synth, a lot of distortion, and a lot of loud beats. Um, and I think, again, I I wanted to choose this album because it 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 kind of gets me in vibe, regardless if I'm listening to it on halloween night or just literally any day of the year Mm -hmm. it's such predominant style and such such like it's such a vibe that will that will put you into like the style of the album and what kind of music started to create like the hip-hop that i think i think again i think that's a genre that he kind of had a foot in and like some some artists we definitely see that in their music as well today but i think rodeo was one of those albums that began that exploration and but you know like there are so many artists who actually do music in the ways that Billie eilish and travis scott does and like it's interesting that how come like not every one of them become as successful as them because I know that um, there is also artists like uh, Tinashi, who also does um, sort of like music similar to Billie right. Eilish. She, she does similar to, I would say, also to Ariana Grande, right? But she is not as successful as them. And it's it's really interesting that makes you think, like, why? Yeah, I... I think yeah, this is I I love like talking about these underrated artists too because not only uh is it a a good way to kind of compare styles of different artists and see how they're un- un- unique, but I think it's also just like a way of looking into how artists are comfortable with where they are in their a sort of underrated artist as we talked about in episode one with rina sawayama i think tanashi she's an artist um who actually kind of like ariana grande she was an um Mm -hmm. beginnings as just 
uh, an artist. Like she, she was kind of like Ariana Grande. She acted first and then always had that passion for making music and slowly did that. Um, and she's from Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky. And she'd be raised in like, um, in my notes here. Yeah, she'd be, she was raised in Los Angeles following that. So she kind of has those, uh, Mm-hmm. same beginnings as ariana grande she she acted in the beginning uh tanashi was also a dancer and a model uh or at least a formal model um but what makes her music so interesting is that in a lot of the ways how ariana grande always had that passion for music i feel like tanashi in a way always had that passion for for music but in a way that's kind of interesting because she's an artist that i actually did not even really know of her before we did the research podcast uh but i would later find out that just like ariana grande just like Billie eilish and just like travis scott actually more so she's just she's just someone that really enjoys making music and you can you can tell that through the style through the instrumentals um and that's something that i look for and that's just something that i found with her her music um so one of the songs that i wanted to highlight and just give a taste for her music um and then recommend anyone who's interested to go listen to her go check her out um she's definitely an artist that you like anyone can kind of get into if you're looking for new music to listen to um, but her one song, her actually her first track, out for you. Um, it's called, and this is a song that I think right away it some one would understand right away. It's rap elements. Um, but I feel like Tanashi, she way that's very room, but it's not really Ariana Grande completely. And not like artists like No Name or Her that have those different styles of R&B. Um, and those those styles kind of have been rooted in older R&B where it's almost like, like a doo-wop um, sort of sound. Almost like, like Fuji's, like how it's E, but it's like a little bit of rap involved and it's more lyrical. Like Tanashi, she actually puts a lot of emphasis on sounding instrumentals which i found i found that was very and that was like just listening to the first track of her album like getting right into it that's something that i caught right away and i was like oh this is like her style you know uh yeah so uh tinashe uh she is definitely uh not like completely similar to Ariana Grande but she she kind of like in the same genre as her so probably that's why like um many people compare her but I would say that her latest album uh like feelings uh songs for you it is really beautiful album and it's really sincere and in some ways authentic to her and I feel like that she's really one of the artists who has huge potential to become something really huge and i feel like she will be because she's kind of like pretty new artist you know and 
I feel like it's yeah, it, it will be a time when many people right. will her will will know about her because I feel like she is really worth to mention. And yeah, so this episode was really interesting in the ways that we actually analyzed multiple artists and we referenced many albums. Yeah, and we tried yes. like our best to compare one to another. And yeah, it, I would say like this this episode was really special to me because um, the artists we talked about are my favorite artists as well, which I regularly listen and sing to. So, yeah. Yeah, I think this episode was... Uh, I, th I think I wanted to try to include some... Because I think uh, with the episode one, we talked about Rina Sawayama and uh, Blackpink. And those two artists are super amazing. And it was for me to get into those new artists and, uh, again, just like discover new things about them, just like on my own, listening to the, listening to the music, um, or in other words. <laughs> But I think this, this episode was super fun too, because these are artists that we know. These are artists that we hear. Um, again, like Travis Scott, he's one of my favorite artists. Uh, in Rodeo, again, is one of my favorite. I have, I have artists like Ariana Grande, who, Again, one of my favorite artists and has some of my favorite albums too. Um, but we still were able to learn new things, I think, and talk about them in a different life. Huge mainstream artists. There's still always those things to pick at, you know, to, to analyze a little bit deeper about their music. Um, so, again, thank you everyone for listening uh, to our second installation of Listen Close. Uh, SFC Radio uh, to listen to other podcasts too um, from our other classmates uh, us as well really talking about uh, all different topics not not just like like we're, we're like the music podcast but there's so many other podcasts on F SFC Radio that just talk about like reels or even pop culture which we kind of talk podcast um, and also they feature so many different Uh, radio shows as well and different different genres of music that they mix through um, within their their different segments of time that SFC Radio is uh, airing music. So again, thank you for listening. Thank, thank you. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. This is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs>